So welcome to another episode of I Am Nano. Putting the I in I Am Nano, I am your host, Irfani. And I am your other host, Monica. And today, as part of our Nano Life series, we have a special guest who will be sharing her experiences, advice, and opinions. Yes, super excited that today we have Amanda, who did her master's at the University of Waterloo and is currently pursuing a PhD while working in a company that spun off from her supervisor's lab. And she's working full time. That's amazing. This is really cool. I mean, since she practically helped develop the technology from the very beginning. It's really cool. Well, anyways, welcome, Amanda. And... To start off, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into research. All right. So hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Amanda. Uh, I have a uh, chemical engineering background and my undergrad has like lots of material related courses. And that's when I started to get myself into the material, like material science field. Um, so I, get in, I got into research on, a, on the nanomaterials during the last year of my undergrad. Um, and I was doing a prof side solar cell related like, thesis project. It was I just started as a hot topic at that time. Mm-hmm. So I, I found mm-hmm. myself um, really thriving, mostly in like a creating, developing like new things type of thing. So so I chose to do the grad school and continue doing more researchers. So basically you fell in love with tinkering with stuff in the lab and create <laughs> new cool stuff in the lab. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Like yeah. I, I love challenges. Like I yeah. don't like a day-to-day life is copy paste. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. That is very interesting. And I guess you kind of answered this question already because we were curious on what you worked on as a master's and if you continued that as your PhD project. So the Prof Sky Solar Cell is mm. in my undergrad um, thesis okay. project. Okay, so that's what it was. Master, okay. Yes. And then mm. my master, I did, so I developed a method for coding like ultra thin films for graphene-based mm. materials in more of like a batch scale. And then, so I continue that work into my PhD. Um, so I managed to bring it into more like a row-to-row fashion mm-hmm. um, and then expand it into different um, nanomaterials, including like nanotubes and other 2D materials. So Very if I can follow up on that, what makes you yeah. interested in doing coatings from solar cell? <laughs> I, I do agree. It sounds a little bit weird because normally grass school, everybody would pick, especially on engineering, they would pick like a certain application. They just want to go down like, I want to make a super ca- uh, like super capacitor or I want mm-hmm. to make a battery cell. Um, I The reason I did that um, is that when I make the Prof Guide solar cells, each like they are like a layer by layer structure. Each layers, they, um, they have different functions. Um, but I noticed that the way that I was making them, like we just do like regular spin coding and such, it wasn't really a controllable uh, method. Mm-hmm. And then, so so my my supervisor was mentioning about this like lamule blogit method. Um, and then they are like very um, controllable on the film thickness and such. Um, so they, they generally, well, the, the technology started Backing, I don't know, it's like 
18 something probably don't call me on the oh, time really? I think it's a very very old it's like a okay. 19 something so so it's like 1910 like earlier paper you're probably gonna find 1910 by Lanier um so so that's just for the for the surfactants and then in the 20 I think I believe that's 28 that started into like nanotubes uh, before mm. uh, 28 that was more like nanoparticles and such so um, people use them to deposit in the nanomaterials. Yeah, my work is more like spinning from a regular traditional one into um, a roll-to-roll fashion. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically tackling the challenge that a lot of other nanotech material scientists had, but then you're using a, a method to scale it up in a way. Yeah, so I, I've yeah. been always being interested in scaling uh, things up. Um, mm -hmm. like, um, I chose to working on the coding method right. um, in my in my grad school. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's yeah. really cool. There's so many different types of coding techniques that can be used. So it's interesting that you actually had to pinpoint which one to be used and then also mm -hmm. optimize your own science with that, I guess. Wow, yeah. it's a lot, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I basically continued with uh, the, the observations from uh, my supervisor's PhD work. Um, so he had observations, so he had a vision on how things could work. I, I just mm -hmm. made it work, I guess. So making it work is hard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> making it work is really hard. <laughs> yeah, we we just made well, we we made a good team, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. So we had an idea, so we, yeah. we made it work. So it worked yeah. out really well. It worked out. Wow. Yeah, it worked it out. Wow, that's so cool. Sure. Well, I guess from that, you're currently also working in your supervisor's startup, right? Yep. And so, so my, that yeah, how did it start? My, uh, yes, my supervisor is the co-founder um, of the startup I'm currently working at. Um, and I was the co-inventor of one of the patents wow. that the company, yeah, company currently awesome. holds. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so I've been connected with the company founders um, since almost like the very beginning. Um, so I got an offer during... Um, the first lockdown back in 2020, 2020 and I mm -hmm. yeah so I thought it was a great opportunity for me because at that time the actual research activity sort of like goes down a little bit because the labs got uh, shut down mm -hmm. and such mm -hmm. so I thought it was it, it's a good opportunity for me just take the offer and uh, work full-time while That's doing my really PhD cool. part-time. Wow <laughs> I mean as PhD student having you know being a co-inventor on a pen that's I mean I'm sure it happens but it's not often so that's yeah, yeah, really I, cool I I am very happy I'm very happy that uh, like my contribution to the idea got recognized for sure um, yeah, yeah. so and then the work being being patterned and it's definitely like very awesome that's for sure um, yeah. but for me like what I, I think what I treasure most is actually um, the fact that I was able to involve into this whole process from mm -hmm. like actually initially drafting that uh, patent application all the way to it's getting granted. It's yeah. just such a great learning experience for me because I never thought that 
writing a pattern and writing a manuscript, they're like totally two different things. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like, yes. I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's not sure. like this. Uh, I wrote and the law, manuscript. <laughs> the law lingo. Yeah, the law. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The pattern. Yeah, you would, you would need, you're, you're just like, not like just you and your supervisor. You're like mm -hmm. you, your supervisor and the, the pattern agency. Yeah, a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And wow. be, try yep. to be as vague as possible so no one can figure <laughs> out what you're doing <laughs> yeah there's a it's it's interesting it's uh it's very it's um it's a strategy i would say um so so yeah quite interesting yeah. that's really cool i would be so proud if what i did was patentable like i mean i don't have that yeah, but it's really cool <laughs> that's really nice thank you yeah back. yeah 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 I mean, it's one thing to get published, but it's another thing to also get it patented. It's, it's yeah. a huge accomplishment. Well, you guys, I, I'm sure you guys are doing an awesome job too. So, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, yeah, cool. I'm still like, I think I, I, I'm a little torn between like pattern and um, like papers. I, I love publishing papers that mm -hmm. like I can just literally throwing all the things I learn, I know, share right, with right. everybody. Like I, I, I never... I don't I don't have a goal for myself like yes I want to hit like so many like the hot hot papers or whatever I just mm -hmm. I just hoping share that the knowledge the paper, yeah like the paper I publish a hundred years later somebody see it, it would be yeah. like thank god this person like <laughs> they, they did saw it. the same thing I see right now. yeah that's all I, guess I wanted it's like uh, being a researcher and also being in the industry right so yes the, sometimes the it can is, like yeah yeah. yeah the mindset is definitely different yeah. yeah well did you actually think that when you started your project that it could be pantable though because you know there's so many I mean in academia it's all about novelty right either yeah. the application or the material or the insight itself is novel and not all of them can be pantable so did you think that when you started it could be like your work could be pantable well I I, I don't think so I think all I was thinking back, like that, like back to that time, all I was thinking, I just want to make it work. Mm -hmm. I think that's all I was thinking about. Um, wow. Because I think um, as I was going through this whole process, um, I think the biggest thing I realized is that whether or not a third a thing is patentable, I think mm -hmm. I remember there's like two, two criteria you have to fit. So one is... Um, the novelty and mm -hmm. then the second thing is um um non-obvious i think non so if yeah so if you want to fit like non-obvious it's actually very difficult for example um so actually pattern has to be really specific um so the vague patterns you're really gonna get caught at the end <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah so so pattern, I'm not sure like if you guys know um, like the whole process of patterning. Um, so you're really oh, involved. To, <laughs> so you're really involved to, um, to submit in general cases. Well, I'm, I'm not like expert on it. So you probably want to talk to a lawyer uh, to, <laughs> to talk mm -hmm. more about more details. But from what I've known, what, like what I know is that you would um, need to submit your yearly, what they call a provincial pattern. So where you just basically demonstrating all the things and then with your claims and such. So that's when your um, patterns will get to public. Um, so you just publish right away. 
So it doesn't have a review um, period. I don't know what's uh, how, how you guys thinking, because in general, if you're writing a paper, you're like, you submit, you're getting reviewed and you're getting right. like, I don't know, like revisions and all those kind of things. And then after right. how many months uh, you're waiting and then you find a finish and then you, you publish it. Um, but mm -hmm. pattern is not like that. So your applications, um, once you, once you finish your application, you submit, it will be online right away. So you just publish it. And then a year later, you can have a choice of whether or not you're doing like a four pattern, four pattern or such. Or um, it and expires, then, I guess, after yeah, a year. And then, yeah, and then, um, yeah, or, or expires in a year. And then um, your pattern will actually getting reviewed. And the review process really takes a, like 12 to 18 months. Oh and then you will get um, office actions um, and all those kind of things. And you reply and office action is just sort of like a, like a reviewer comments. So it's uh, the officers, they call it a uh, patent officers. They will give you their comments and then you have to reply. So you have to choose whether or not you can keep this claim or drop this claim, change this claim and mm -hmm. all this kind of thing. So in general cases, mm, patent agencies are not going to let broad um claims pass you have to be okay. yeah it's more likely gonna get a pass if you were specific perfect but wouldn't yeah. aren't you trying to protect trade secrets within pens but then if you publish it how do you keep people from oh well that's out? more like a different <laughs> like a, that's a different like a, that's a different topic i think okay um, so i thought it's part of the pen that's what i had I would imagine. No, if you want to keep it a trade secret, you're not going to patent, right? So normally, if you think about a patent, I remember people, I remember like uh, someone I know as a friend, he mentioned that the patent is like you're, you have a property and you're putting together like a fence. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, you're trying your best to like prevent people you getting in, right? So, mm -hmm. so, but like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult, I think it's kind of difficult to, to say this. Normally, I think in industry, if your, your final product can be easily um, re, like uh, reverse engineered, people would want to patent them. Mm -hmm. um, but if, it's just difficult to figure it out, then they just want to keep it as a trade secret. Um, mm. so the yeah. big example of that is Coca-Cola is a trade secret. It's not patented. Oh. So that that's the difference I between see. A okay, okay. That oh, very funny. interesting. Yeah. That's yeah, a good oh, example. Yeah, that's yeah the, I never knew that. Yeah. That's, that's a good example. So yeah, if you can't reverse engineer it, then mm -hmm. there's no point in panicking it because no one can do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what that's I true. what I've seen usually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then it's it's common to have trade secret in the uh, in the industry as well. Very common. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Very I didn't think of it like that. Wow. Well, it's good to hear from your perspective as a researcher, because mm -hmm. usually when you hear from like business people, they don't kind of look at that perspective, you know, as a as the person who developed it. So yeah, this is really good. Yep. Yep. It's, it's really good. Yeah. But I guess um, 
I know as a researcher, maybe you like disseminating your research and sharing the results, or at least we have these like where you have to do a poster or a conference presentation. And do, do you get any of that while you're doing your industry work versus your PhD work? Or are you allowed to do any of that thing? <laughs> Those kinds we, of we, we certainly, yeah, we certainly, um, we certainly get a chance to share the technology, share the aspects. Okay. It, that doesn't mean that we have to share the trade secret. And all okay, that. perfect. Yeah. yeah. So sense. especially when you present things, um, you, you have to make sure that people know that the things are real, right? So, mm -hmm. so, so you, you have to share some information, that's for sure. Um, but the uh, company has policies of like the, you can share these, you cannot share these, and mm -hmm. those kind of things. Interesting. Yes. So yeah, people yeah. Um, depending on the role you are in the company, like um, who you can share things to, who it's um, they're written down as policies. Yeah, but mm -hmm. definitely we have opportunities that are sharing informations. And normally what happens when you share information, especially when you have to share um, trade secret or like some some other um, confidential informations, they would sign NDA. So it's very common that you would sign NDA and then you start sharing all your information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but public, I haven't done, I don't think I have done like public um, presentations just yet especially like during COVID, I don't think it's a chance that you would go somewhere and uh, presenting it. Um, but but yeah, I'm, I, I definitely see that there will be opportunities in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think as researchers, we just like, hey, I did this, you want to know how I did it? But then if you're in history, no, 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 you can't tell them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. usually once you sign NDA, um, it, it's, it's fine. Yeah, and then, okay. yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you, you definitely have to, right? So. Yeah, if you want to do stuff with them together. So exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's true. That's true. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess as working in the industry and you're also doing PhD, how is it like juggling both of them? Um, I mean, day to day, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. So, so I I, I usually just work. Um, like eight hours normally, just like nine to five. And then mm -hmm. I work on my PhD just after hours or like on weekends. Oh, okay. um, that's how I usually manage it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I would do, like, I don't think I would start my part-time PhD right as I started PhD. Um, mm -hmm. I decided to go into part-time because I, I think I had a pretty good idea what I want to get out of my PhD at that time already. Um, so I decided to do that because just to be honest, I think uh, PhD itself, it's a full-time job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, to be honest, oh, yeah. like I just, to yeah. be honest, um, um, it, it requires a lot of attention and you sometimes yes. even you're doing PhD, you're not doing anything else. You requires like overtime work and such. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. So PhD itself is definitely not, um not a part-time work yeah, yeah. I, I i'm part-time right now just because i i pretty much sorted out the things i need to do the methodologies mm -hmm. and all that things i already have an idea so i don't need a lot of time to do in developing um mm -hmm. so i was able to actually working eight hours um mm -hmm. or another like full-time job so mm -hmm. yeah so and yeah. in terms of my um day-to-day -day, um so 
so in the current um, startup company, I found myself um, switching between different roles quite Ooh. a bit. Um, yeah. And then I think it's it's very common in like a really fast growing um, startup company. Um, so so but but in but I have to say like all my work it's just all R and D related. Um, so they're just all like R and D projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so these work like generally includes like. Uh, making proposals, carrying out works with my team, and also reporting to the high-level people. So it's yeah, it's quite a bit different from a, a regular um, grad student. Um, yeah, I think life, with yeah. grad student, at least for me, I do a lot of work myself, and then probably get some help from my other lab mates. But I guess there's more collaboration in industry because right? you're not doing everything yourself. You're in a team. You're part of a team. Yes. Yes. That's, yeah. that's, that's definitely, um, and that's actually like from my experience, it's the most difficult thing I found myself to actually get like adjusted to. Okay. Um, it actually took me a long time to really uh, understanding that I have to adjust to it um, mm-hmm. because, right? Like no, no one is gonna come out and just point it at you. Well, you gotta, you gotta do this. Like you can't, you can't work the other way anymore or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it took me quite a while to actually understand the importance of, um, you know, just how to work in a team and mm-hmm. like that, because I'm so used to working just by my own in my right. grad studies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that falls into the following question is, can you share some of the personal challenges that you faced during your time as a senior researcher in your company? Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, so so I can I can elaborate a little bit more about my my mm-hmm. point on that. So as a grad student, mm-hmm. my my day to day, it's I just found out like my I'm after like being in the grad school for it's probably like five six years. Like I'm I'm losing count already. Like. I, I, I started to sort of forgot the, the power of working a team, I have to say. Um, so because in the grad school, I found myself really do things like do everything by myself. I would design my experiments, collecting data, analyzing them, writing the paper. I do everything myself. I think every mm-hmm. grad student is like a one person army, seriously. Mm-hmm. Like they're amazing. They just do everything by themselves. But once you get into the company, then everyone in the company, no matter what kind of role they are, to be honest, there's only one goal is that you want the company to survive, you want to make a profit. So you have to working as a team um, and you have to like work with everybody else. So I, like I said, I didn't really understand that, like how important that is. And it's definitely like, at least for me, it's definitely like a learning curve. Um, because switching before, switching between like, from like, just do everything yourself to another position where, um, you're starting to become a, well, what do you guys call as a, like a senior researcher or Mm -hmm. we really call it as project lead. Is that, um, yeah, project leads that, um, we started to, at least like myself is that. I can't just easily go out and say like, oh, hey, like, can you do this project? 
to like a teammate, teammate, like maybe like team member, maybe they don't have as much experience Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I started to have to learn to actually break down the project and plan it with my team and then give them trust, let them do the work Mm. and help them review it, help them grow. So, so my, my role is definitely changing. Um, And then I found that is very important just because as project lead, um, we can't spend much time just only on um, doing the actual work. It's very important too, but we we're switching ourselves to do a lot of um, managing work too, like management work. Mm-hmm. And that's very time consuming as well. Mm-hmm. And then we left with very little time, which we have to devote those, like it's better to devote those times, which at least like I found it very efficient as like you devote those times to help your team members to carry out works. So, mm-hmm. so I found that is very important. And it's, yeah, like I said, it's very, it's definitely a learning curve. It took me a, quite a bit time <laughs> to do it. Yeah. I, and I have to say like, I'm definitely still still learning. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I can imagine it's like growing every day. It's always different, like you said, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess to help with a grad student transitioning to the industry, I guess project management skills would be important or try to get more teamwork or team building skills if they can. Would that be something you suggest? Or what would you suggest to like prepare for the kind of position you have? Like one thing I'm 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 kind of sad about grad school is that uh, they, 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 they pull people out of like sort of like a career development that um, they forgot how to, like they don't have much of like a project management um, work, which I wish um, they would mm. at least mentioning it and teaching it because for example, we, we don't really learn like how to estimate our time, like how to estimate how much work has to go into a certain project, how many people we will need to go into the certain project to in order to carry out the project. So, or maybe that doesn't teach anywhere, but anyways. So once you once you get into like a company uh, standpoint, you sort of need to have that kind of ability. Um, mm-hmm. And I found, uh, yeah, so having a little bit like, I guess, well, I, I wouldn't say that they you have to go out of your way to really learn it. Um, so, but I would say like paying attention to yourself, how you yourself is carrying out a project so that later on you can teach other people how to do mm-hmm. the things is actually very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, some soft skills would be very helpful. Communications, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to put trust in other people again if you transfer to a company because at that point you just you can't do everything yourself. You yep. have to trust other people Definitely. to do that with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, having that kind of mindset, just to start to having that mindset, it's very important. It's mm-hmm. it's you you sort of have to giving up the the work. You have to transitioning from um, you do it yourself and then to how I can teach a person to do almost the same way I would do a thing. It's actually very difficult. It's like, you know, something doesn't mean that you can teach. It's very similar um, principle, I think. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I found myself that um, a person I work with did not carry out the thing that the way I would do it. I found like 
I actually didn't give this person the proper description. Right, right. If I try a different description, this person would do better.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they just not they're not um they they, they everybody <laughs> their their brain probably worked totally differently. But um、mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I totally agree. I fully agree. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's something that all of us grad students, if we want to transition to industry, have to learn.、Yep. Especially if you've yeah, been、it's... doing it for like years <laughs> as a grad student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I、uh, I found、uh, I found、uh, it's quite challenging actually. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the big takeaway from this transitioning into industry is you need to learn how to trust other people and have more teamwork skills. Yes, yes. the big takeaway. Absolutely. Yeah.、Mm, yes. Okay, that's good to know for me because I'm finishing up soon. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. For people, for students, maybe currently an undergrad who wants to do graduate studies, would like what kind of advice would you give to them? If, for example, they may want to go into industry or academia, like what kind of advice would you give? I, I myself, I, I consider grad school more as a,、uh, a personal journey.、Mm-hmm. So it's more like I decided to invest my time to contribute. To advance a certain technology, even if、mm-hmm. and end up being like a baby step improvement.、Mm-hmm. So, since it's because it's a personal journey, then the no- the knowledge itself may or may not be helpful、um, in like later career development.、Um, so, so but like I hope everyone who's doing it or decided to do grad school could really enjoy it.、Mm-hmm. Um, It will likely be very painful.、Um, I think for most of the people,、mm-hmm. um, but you know, like no pain, no gains, right? So, yeah, right. <laughs> <Exactly> . <laughs> so、well、like、said. plus, like it's it's the time that we invested on ourselves. So I think that kind of point of view is very important because I feel like these days、um, people don't really investing time on themselves.、Mm-hmm. Um, so. And along this journey, I like it doesn't. Re- I think it doesn't really matter where you want you're gonna end it up with.、Mm-hmm. So besides all the deep technical, like hardcore knowledge that you will gain,、um, I would say I would also suggest、um, just pay attention to those soft skills,、um, especially、mm-hmm. the one we already mentioned today,、um, mm-hmm. such as like how to pick up new. Uh, skills quickly, or like how to efficiently communicate with others, how to work in the team, and such. So, so all these soft skills、uh, will be so handy in the later career, no matter、right. where you're going. And even if, like like I mentioned, you decided to go to a field that is different from where you're、right. at in the grad school, right? That's, That's so true.、Awesome. About- yeah. I I I think you you only learn when you figure out yourself. Yeah.、Uh, a lot of times you you like you're being taught, but it doesn't mean that you really understand it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is、yeah. true. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent agree with that. That's true. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. Did you have hobby? Do you have hobbies to help you stay sane while juggling all this work? <laughs> <laughs> I I I do.、Um, So I do a lot of baking,、uh, and I do gardening. 
So that's the main two oh, things wow. I do. Yeah. So, so yeah, they're they're all experiments, right? Yeah. So I think I, <laughs> that's I'm true. all like related. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I found them very interesting. Like, I mm-hmm. I would dig into um, like a recipe, try them so many times, and then finally figure it out with my own mm-hmm. recipe. Like, I feel so good about it. And then gardening, it's sort of the same thing, right? You try it one year, yeah. you, you try it next year, it doesn't turn out the same result, just like what I <laughs> happened in my lab. Right. Uh, but I, I just try to like enjoy it because I feel like that's just life. So so yeah, yeah I, I do a lot of gardening and I love putting together like flowers and all that thing and flower arrangement. Um, yeah, I do. I also like some, I do, I do like, royal icing like royal icing what? decorated sugars wow oh yeah so those are like uh, for cakes cute. yeah or no, for, just cookies. for cookies actually yeah oh just the one those... that becomes tough right yes, the one yes, that yes. Hardens. so those like yeah fancy ones so yeah i, wow. I, I would make like these things oh wow so that's so cool. cute <laughs> wow. wow so we're linking amanda's instagram i actually i recently just quitted the instagram because oh, no. i couldn't find myself focused uh, yeah but but you can still find me on the instagram that's for sure <laughs> oh wow that's so cool but i guess in this case with gardening and baking you get to test more of your artistic side right yes like creativity sort of thing yeah i just like yeah yeah. um it's definitely not peaceful uh sometimes i get because i think it's peaceful when you figure out a certain procedure like you know the procedure will get you to the certain um Mm -hmm. thing um like what do you want exactly but i want to buy your cookbook if you ever have one <laughs> okay, <making> <laughs> thank you awesome. but, i'm okay. the first customer awesome. <laughs> yeah exactly i actually only make them uh, once like once a year or something because they require a lot of time a lot really? of work i yeah. thought it's just sugar and like food coloring it's difficult it's okay. difficult especially well, when you yeah sorry I guess that, I guess that's why a lot of people like you have to specialize in being a pastry chef it takes a lot of skills to yeah, become a really yeah, skilled it's, one it's not easy just by watching YouTube videos yeah, um, yeah. So, so seriously I think all these things are very similar to actual like lab work Mm -hmm. where you can't really expect that you read a paper you're going to reproduce their results right like just to be honest it's the same thing as you're not going to just rely on you watch a youtube video you're gonna next day you're gonna figure out how to make a certain thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's all it's all like repeating repeating until you figure out the procedure so i found that um it's really related to my actual work and i learned a lot from it i think Mm -hmm. i it took me probably like a year to figure out a pizza dough uh, recipe wow so long because I never realized that there's one thing I never realized that is that different flour in different environment would soak up different amount of water and the moisture the humidity yes Yes. and also the flour itself 
So in so you can't just copy paste a person in I don't know right, Florida right. and then right. it's a recipe and then you just like try to figure it out and realize yeah, yeah. that why your dough it's so different. Right. So I never yeah I never realized that until like figure I somehow figure it out. So it's pretty satisfying wow. when you figure it out. Yeah, you get your <laughs> eureka moment, I guess. Like you do. Yeah, wow. it's like yes, <laughs> I did it. Uh, and then you get to eat it after that so that's you know exactly unlike exactly. the lab you cannot eat that so you <laughs> not eating in the lab yes that <laughs> is a good message too <laughs> that's yeah uh, that's true that's true <laughs> oh man wow good. good advice for staying sane yes <laughs> love that yeah so you know do more experiments but something that is more satisfying to you Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I like if I can add one thing, like one more advice for all the uh, grad students is I like I hope all the grad students do have their normal life. Uh, <laughs> get, yes. Like get a cat, like uh-huh. get a hobby. You know, mm-hmm. like enjoy the relationship you're having, even though you're I don't know, you're I it, they're happy, they're giving you challenges and all that, but still, like having normal life it's very important because if you just totally out of it and when you come back you realize that how much you don't get like being used to that anymore and it's not good mm-hmm. so one thing I, I i really appreciate that when i went to mrs and i went to a panel listened to a woman's talk because for the longest time everybody's telling me that oh you gotta have a life and work balance mm-hmm. and then i just couldn't find that being happening because I, I at work I'm worried about what happened in my life and life I'm working about I'm wasting time and I'm not doing the work mm-hmm. and then yeah. that woman yeah. was saying that mm-hmm. I, I never I never rely on that kind of phrases and the, what I believe is that you, you got to have work and life blended mm-hmm. they're just together it's hard sometimes but it's hard to, yeah. uh, life only gets harder so enjoy yeah. where you are right now yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. and so it took over mrs is a conference yes it's yeah. called material research, research society, society. Oh. yeah i think so yeah. they're really good for those yeah who... they have biannual conferences i think one in boston and then one in somewhere in the west yeah. coast so if you get a chance, um, if you want to go to the one in Boston, like certainly join that because it's really big and then mm-hmm. they have really good talks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I really like it. Um, yeah. So, oh, do you yeah. have more advice on staying organized? Because but I think you mentioned like, it. Yeah, how it goes. Like, I staying don't know. organized? Yeah. Because <laughs> you mentioned it about I, uh, the about you know doing your full-time job from for eight hours and after the afterwards you do your phd work right yes um so i i I am certainly a very organized person um just because that that i like that's just how my thoughts uh and then my body functions so that i can get the highest efficiency possible um one of the main way that um, I stay organized is the fact that I actually spend time to plan things out. Um, mm-hmm. Even though there are things, it depending on like which stage I'm at, if I have a lot of things on my plate, um, 
so 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 let, let me let me go back a little bit so actually when i was in probably the first year or second year of my phd i got really stressed um just because there's so much things on my plate i've never need to have a like multitask um ability or all those kind of things so i got really stressed out which I think every grad student would get to that point in a certain <laughs> time in their PhD. Um, so, so one one thing I was able to get out of that is actually from one of the co-op I work with, um, because I was complaining to him like there's too much things on my plate and all this kind of thing, and the person was like, "Just go and do it, like, like there's nothing can be done. Just, just, just get them just like it. just do one thing, yeah." I just get one thing finished. Like there is nothing needs to really complain of that. And that's actually really clicked me. So normally these days when I have a lot of things on my plate, I don't even try to be organized. Just whatever is on top of my head, I'm just going to get it done. Mm -hmm. So that I'm able to like see things actually getting off my plate, which mm -hmm. makes me uh, so much peaceful. And I was able to function normally. But if I was able to have time, I would spend time to plan it out. And then I would just go on and just carry all the work out. Um, mm -hmm. So that's really the two ways I'm trying to do recently. Okay. Um, what, yeah. if, what if you plan things and then it takes longer than expected? <sighs> that happens a lot for <laughs> me. <It does. laughs> well... So, so that's definitely like, that's my most enemy for like for uh, quite a while. Uh, so, but like these days, I think I'm really good at um, estimating things, mm -hmm. uh, like estimating how long it takes a certain things to get done. Mm -hmm. um, just because previously I've made some mistakes, right? Like I, I expecting this thing only take two days, all of a sudden it takes 20 days. Right. Um, so so because of I have that kind of experience and then I learn from that kind of experience. So these days I'm able to adjusting it. So actually being able to giving really good um, estimate, uh, like estimation of how long it's going to take. And is that's a really good, important um, like ability because your, your boss going to ask you like how long it's going to take. You don't want to be too overestimated and then have to go back and say that, well, sorry about that. Like I was being too optimistic and I didn't get it done. Mm -hmm. Or you don't want to be like, like having a lot of time, then your boss gonna be like, why is it gonna take so long? Like mm -hmm. it makes sense. And also mm -hmm. on the other side, when you're having your team members, you don't want to estimating so little time and later on everybody got so stressed out because right you know like like everything it's just on the deadline and you're trying to figure out like finish it so it's not mm -hmm. good too so that's actually a really important ability <laughs> so yeah yeah, true. yeah. Nice. No. Just, so, so wise <laughs> yeah just uh, i like well get back to your phony's question i would say just accept it Accept it, and uh, next time when you do it, try to do it better. That's true. So, That's true. Yeah. So I think because the time, like time, what the time that passes already passed. All you can do right. is probably carry on right now. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, hopefully next time um, yeah. you can you can do set a proper like not proper like a little bit better expectations right. so that um, it will be yeah easier for yeah. the feel and such. Yeah.
And then, because we don't want to take too much of your time, and this is a lovely yes, afternoon. Yes, focus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll focus, and we'll actually the final question. Um, thank you so much for everything so far. So, where do you see the future of nanotechnology, be it in your work of your day job or your PhD? So, I think uh, nanotechnology is already changing people's life, um, but from my point of view. I hope that more and more people, and I believe that uh, more and more people will recognize the importance of the uh, nanotechnology and notice that their their life is actually getting benefit out of that. So, so yeah, that's my vision and hope for nanotechnology. I guess it's not like you know how the AI boom, everyone's like, oh, everything's AI, and just like a buzzword. I guess <laughs> nanotechnology is kind of just like creeping into our lives slowly. And it's improving it, but then we're not realizing how much it's really improving our lives. But we just need to appreciate it that it's yeah. I think actually, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I well, to be honest, I feel like it's there's not. I think sometimes I feel like people when they talk about well, even AI, it's like sometimes I feel like when people talk about nanotechnology, they feel like it's not. I think they more they more they more likely be scared rather than being excited about it. Um, one thing I feel like <laughs> one thing I feel like it's like nano. It's like you, you sort of feel uncertain when when you cannot really see something, um, and then nano is definitely something you can't really see, and you have to use those fancy like equipment to to get it to be able to, to see. But definitely when you show those SEM images or EFM images, like people will see like, wow, this is how it looks like. This is, this is mm. how graphene looks like. Oh, wow, this is so cool. So, so yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we're here. We're trying to tell everybody it's cool <laughs> and it's fun and it's safe. Well, I mean, there's some not safe stuff, but well, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just is, need to yeah. make sure that that doesn't happen. But I guess yeah. with also um just popular media hopefully with the whole you know marvel quantum stuff hopefully it's shed in a good light i it makes a huge difference so like how how it's portrayed in popular media really makes a huge difference because i i know yeah. that graphene at least the, just a few months ago it had a bad rep because of the mask right but actually it's a really wonderful material as long as you use it properly mm-hmm yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, so I think everything has a certain like a like dangerous zone. Yeah. I think as long as you get the control, and, and yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be beneficial. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. Okay. I don't know if you wanted anything else to add to that, Fani, <laughs> but that was a. Uh excellent i think um you're really inspirational amanda and you're an example of excellence in our community so thank you so much for being on the show and letting mm-hmm. us learn so much about you and it's really inspiring actually how you can balance grad school with full-time research work mm-hmm. as a job that's incredible so thank you for that We'll link more information on Amanda in the description below. If it'll be there just in case. And uh, so feel free to contact her if you can. And yeah. All right. Yeah. That's all there for today. Take care. And stay curious. Thank you. Take care. All right.